George was like, I'm trying to tell things to y'all. My art's trying to have a purpose and no one got it. And and that's, and it's fascinating to see. And he goes, fine, I'm taking this to Star Wars. And then we know, you know, the, the point of the prequels, I think, is missed by a lot of people. It's Young Indiana Jones Chronicles or Adventures of Young Indiana Jones are just, it's some of the most amazing work from George. It really is. I really love it. to another episode of Conversation. I'm your host, Brandon T. McClure, your fandom guide. This is a fandom conversation show where I interview other podcasters about their journey through fandom spaces. As always, I hope you enjoyed the last episode where I talked to my good friend Cookie from Just a Little Podcast. It's a little bit of sweet for me uh, because I'm about to start doing my Star Trek Fake Nerds Watch series, but with a new co-host or potentially co-host, Sparks Witty from Victor Podcast and uh, potentially Ryan Eliopoulos will be joining me for that for star trek strange new world season two uh so that episode last week's might be the last time i record with him certainly not the last time i talk to him because he's a friend of mine but yeah last time i recorded a podcast episode with him we'll see but it was a great conversation and i'm very happy with how it turned out before i introduce this week's guest though i just want to remind everyone to rate this show on your podcatcher of choice and follow us on twitter the link is in the description you can also follow us on fickner pod on instagram where we upload updates for all the shows and if you'd like to be a part of the show please reach out to me through my socials or email at conversation conversationpod at gmail.com. Look, I'm always thinking ahead, so I need guests for next season. I've got a wish list, but hey, you know, I'm always looking for more. Did that feel scripted? It felt scripted to me too. Okay, but let's talk about this week's guest. Ken Napsuck is actually a returning guest from last season. Um, he is a good friend of mine who's been on the Picture Podcast a few times to talk about Star Wars. Um, he's the host of podcasts such as The Blathering, casually talk and of course four center he's a stand-up comedian i introduce him in the beginning of the interview but you know it's respectful he's the author of why we love star wars i'll link everywhere you can find him in the description so please check him out um you know four center is kind of probably his biggest podcast if i had to say uh it's his um star wars podcast he's a big star wars guy big figure in the star wars fandom and speaking of which i will link the conversation episode from last season that he was on uh, so you can kind of get his thoughts on Star Wars fandom because this time, however, he's not ta- here to talk to me about Star Wars. He's here to talk about Indiana Jones. So as people are aware now, I have been trying to record an Indiana Jones-centered episode on any one of our shows that makes sense. Real score and something else coming soon. I don't want to say too much about it right now, but I am going to link my our um, cinephiles episodes uh, in the description where we talked about uh, the first four Indiana Jones films. Uh, please check them out. There are a lot of fun to do. Not Ken and me, my co-host from the Fickner Podcast, and I. Sorry to go a little off track. I gotta get better about this. You know, I write these. I write these down. I still get off track. Last week, Spark said to me, he could see, he, he could hear me staring into the void. <laughs> I've been thinking about that a lot. It was funny. 
sorry i did it again um i'm just really excited because i love indiana jones I, like like a lot i'm a huge indiana jones fan uh and i'm very excited about indiana jones and the dial of destiny but it's not a fandom that i actively participate in it's a um shelf fandom for me and we kind of get into this a bit in the episode so i won't explain too much but for example when dragon ball gt ended uh i i a huge dragon ball fan as a kid uh but i I, you know, I put it on a shelf and I, I put it in a box and I put it on a shelf and I, I didn't think about Dragon Ball again, uh, even as Dragon Ball Super was airing, but there was nothing to kind of engage my fandom in the meantime until Dragon Ball Super Broly came out where I took it off the shelf and I opened it up and I became a much more active participant in that, in the Dragon Ball fandom once again. Same thing here. After Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I put my Indiana Jones fandom on a shelf and uh, didn't look at it again until now Dial of Destiny is coming out. I have now taken it down off the shelf and opened it up again and tried to do whatever I can to talk about Indiana Jones. So, we talk a lot about that, though, and some of our responses to Crystal Skull. I brought it up. We, we talk about young Indiana Jones, uh what is what it's what it is about indiana jones that we love uh what we might want to see in the future of indiana jones us so much more you guys there's there's a lot here and uh it's a long discussion filled with rants and love and it was just so nice to really go in depth on the indiana jones fandom like this it's difficult for me to really explain what we talk about here because we talk about so much and it was so so it's such a unique episode than what i've done before on conversation um because we're really just focused on the one fandom where i've never done that before that's more karis's karis lund journey into fandoms kind of um wheelhouse and it's just i'm really excited for the for you guys to hear this one so because i recorded this last month and releasing it so soon um, I wanted to make sure to get it out before Dial of Destiny. Um, there's not anything you guys need to be to keep in mind. Some of the changes that have happened over the what three weeks. Um, well, except I make a blunder in this episode. I mentioned that Ubisoft is developing a new Indiana Jones game. They are not. It is Bethesda. I I've made that mistake a few times. It is Bethesda. I'm sorry. All right, but that's everything I need to say before we get into this. I think anyway. Um, I always have a great time talking to Ken, and I'm so grateful he did this with me and that he continues to be supportive and come on my little podcast. Um, like, I, I, I can't explain how much it means to me. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this episode, and I'm excited for you all to hear it. So without further ado, here is Ken Napsok talking about Indiana Jones. Okay, I am here with Ken Napsok, stand-up comic, author, Force Center co-host, and friend, how are you, sir? I am doing great. Thank you. I'm um, shutting off my phone so my distractions are away. You have my full attention as we talk one of my favorite cinematic characters. Yeah, that's actually why you're here. Um, uh, people know you through certainly my circles because whenever you come on to the network, to the Fake Nerd Network, you're always mm -hmm. talking about Star Wars. And I did not know uh, that Star that Indiana Jones, we're here to talk about Indiana Jones, uh, peeling back the curtain, is uh, one of but your, your favorite cinematic hero, yes? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I always give that answer. He's my favorite cinematic character, which is a, just a fancy way of saying I grew up loving Indy like so many other folks. And yeah, Star Wars is big in my life, and, and, and I'm a Han Solo guy, so it just seems natural. Um, but I, I 
like Han and Indy for similar reasons, and definitely Harrison's part of that, let's be clear. Uh, but I also, uh, I don't know, um, there's so much stuff about Indy's story when you dig into the themes that it, even now I'm finding new ways to love this character I've loved since I was a little little kid. Yeah, and you're doing some Indiana Jones stuff over on Force Center, right? Yeah, we, we launched a little sub-series uh, playing around with calling it like other center instead of, you know, from four center, but uh, it's Indiana Jones and the perilous podcast. And it's exclusive on our Patreon page right now, but after dial of destiny, we're going to release them to the public and uh, just kind of taking that four center eye or me and Joseph kind of sit down and, and take a couple hours to just dive in deep into not only what the films are saying, but what we get out of it and how it matters to our lives. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. That's really cool. Um, before we get any further, I need you to plug your websites. I need you to plug your 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 stuff because I feel oh. like I will forget by the time we end this. Oh, good, man. The easiest thing for anyone who wants to find out more, I, I do, and, and, and I probably do too much there, but from uh, music with things like pop rock and radio, I have a radio show uh, on an oldie station in Pennsylvania, Newcastle, Pennsylvania, if anyone listens out there, all the way to my stand-up stuff and a stand-up uh, special, hopefully on the way soon. Uh, just go to my website, kednapsock.com, and you'll link to everything you need. And for Star Wars stuff, it, you can link to it from there, but always check out Force Center wherever you find podcasts and uh, dive in deep with us celebrating Star Wars. You know, I was in a bookstore in Canada recently, and uh, I saw why we love Star Wars. Oh, that's amazing. I still get a kick out of that. It, it's uh, The book came out a few years ago now, and I definitely don't forget that I, that I did it because it took some blood, sweat, and tears out of me. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it, it, that, that kind of stuff, kind of stuff's fun. I saw someone sent me a picture over there in the UK, and uh, uh love that. I love that. Thanks, man. Uh, okay, so let's let's kind of just dive in because I'm going to start with a big question and then I'm, and then I'm going to narrow it down from there. Mm -hmm. um, what is it about Indiana Jones that you love so much? I, I think, you know, it definitely starts with the adventure side. So the first um, film I saw was Temple of Doom, and um, I'm sure we'll get to it. And I, I definitely made the jokes before all through my uh, entertainment and podcasting career but i think my mom single-handedly was responsible for scaring uh, uh the motion picture association of america into creating pg-13 because of temple <laughs> of doom and gremlins of course but i didn't i wasn't allowed to see gremlins but i was allowed to see uh temple of doom and i was terrified i'm a skittish uh kid i, I was a skittish kid i'm still kind of skittish and mola rum and the heart scene everything oh my god i was terrified but out of that came a love of adventure um uh, a love of you know which is not something that i i I, I never want to be an archaeologist. I'm not good with a whip. Uh, I'm not even good with adventure, but I just always love that. There's that carefree nature about Han, uh, Harrison Holmes and um, Han. Um, it's all intertwined, all intertwined, but definitely. And it's even in, it's funny. It's even in some of the Lucasfilm Disney marketing I've seen for Dial of Destiny. I, I was, I was writing a project uh, for uh, uh, another company and, and I've I got a brief from Disney. And it was interesting that even in Disney is like indie, we, he messes up and he's not perfect and he gets afraid and he has moments of doubt. And that's what the connection is. And I was like, you know what? They're not wrong. It's not just a fluff marketing there. That's why over the years, um, no plans, things go awry. We make it up as we go along. All those things we love about Indy, um, definitely connected with me on a deeper, deeper meaning. And then some of the things that emerge later in life theme wise, like I said, it's almost as if I'm re falling in love with the character all over again. Yeah, I actually feel the same way because I, so what for people of the podcast have recently found out about me is that I'm mm. a huge Indiana Jones nut and I have been my whole life, um, but I don't get the chance to talk about it because for a long time, it's kind of, 
what I it's not really accurate to say, but it's kind of what I call a dead fandom where it's not mm-hmm. active unless there's a movie around. Yeah. So Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was coming out in 2008, I believe. And mm-hmm. I would my friends were sick of me. Like I was talking, I was nonstop, but like, oh my God, can you believe it? Yeah, Jones, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is coming. Oh my God, can you believe this? Nonstop. And yeah. afterwards, well, no more movies. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, kind of put that back in its chest and then Dial, Dial of Destiny is coming out. I'm like, oh my God, can you believe Dial of Destiny is coming out? Yeah. I think you're right about that too. It's an interesting thing as you talk about indie as a as a fandom. Yeah, it's it's yeah. different than Star Wars and Star Trek and and, and Marvel, of course. Now the Game of Thrones world, the Lord of the Rings world, uh, where yeah, it it kind of stands on its own. Where this is one of the reasons I think even historically the Indiana Jones toy lines have not really worked. Right. They've been out there. There's some cool ones right now. Great new Black Series figures I've seen in person. Uh, uh, you know, uh, back in uh, London for celebration now on the shelves and like, ah, I wish I had enough allowance to get them. But, you know, it's it's not been the same. And I think even uh, how you discuss it or, you know, there's wikis. You can go to like fandom has an Indiana Jones wiki that they acquired. It's great. But Star Wars is known for trivia. Star Wars mm-hmm. is known for crawling around the world a little bit more. Indie's just something that you're right. We experience when we experience it. Yeah. Well, so there's kind of two questions in there that I want to that I want to get through, um, which is. Well, one, this isn't actually a question. Yeah, it is. How do you feel about the fact that there's there like Indiana Jones merch? Yeah. You don't really see a lot of it. Like I've got I, I've got an Indian, Indiana Jones hat that I bought from Disneyland ages <laughs> Same. ages ago, and like we could both put them on. It's an audio interview, but we see each other right now. We could put on our hats and just walk around like cool kids. Yeah, we, but yes, and, <laughs> and that still fits me. Um, well, probably doesn't, yeah. but I still wear it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But there's not really like I don't have toys and and figures mm-hmm. of Indiana Jones because they don't really make them. Only in my in my kind of like active fandom awareness, this has really been the first time in years that I've seen Indiana Jones toys. Yeah, you're you're accurate. Uh, you're accurate there. I think um, uh, toy collectors out there might know more of the dates or anything. But yeah, around Crystal Skull, they absolutely tried with a figure line. I remember getting excited about it. It just didn't. It didn't take. Uh, Lego released some um, Indiana Jones uh, Lego sets, and I have. A few, I actually have one of the big ones that, if I was smart, I'd sell it on eBay because it's out of print now. But it's like the big, the the the, the Rolling Stone scene from um, uh, the opening of Raiders, right. and like. But then it just kind of went away. Now that's all back right now with the with the promotion of Dial of Destiny. As we talk right behind my camera, I've got a three and three quarter vintage Raiders uh, indie figure hanging on my wall in the package. But yeah, it's it, it's it's been fun to see it because it wasn't always there. And the the, the, the classic Kenner attempt in the early eighties because wow, you got Star Wars, um, it didn't work as much. It, 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 it's like even the Star Trek line has you could say has you could definitely argue that Star Trek lines over the years have worked, mm-hmm. especially in the next generation line, but. Not to the Star Wars degree. And Star Wars, I think, is is, is special, clearly. Um, so it, it's been fun. But, yeah, the whips, the hats, all those kind of things you can get at Disneyland. But you don't really see them year-round other places like you Star Wars. And it's fun right now, right, yeah. to be crawling around in India. It's really great because, like, I can't afford any of it. But I want it. <laughs> yeah. Same. Same. You know. Well, what do you think that is? Why do you think the, the toys don't, don't do as well? I, I – a toy expert would have to weigh in, but – I just think that, you know, I, I, I don't want to always compare it directly to Star Wars because it's not fair. It's not a direct comparison. Mm-hmm. But Star Wars is, you know, if you're collecting toys and stuff, the way Kenner did it just to have more in the line 
and, and to get more money out of the situation because you know they are trying to make money let's let's be honest with it but it's like all right, let's have Panda Baba, Walrus Man. We're going to do a figure about that. Uh, a gonk droid. We're going to do a figure about that. And Star Wars, because of that, that helps set the tone for Star Wars to be this world that you don't just crawl in in terms of a story, but you crawl in in terms of knowledge. Uh, and that's why Star Wars trivia, I think, is more popular than any other form of, of, of geek trivia if you're looking at just a specific genre, right? Uh, where Indiana Jones, like, I didn't, you know... I didn't know, uh, you know, the, Ronald Lacey's character was named Tot uh, until late in my life. You know, I didn't, I didn't, he was just the Nazi bad guy who had the, the emblem on it. I didn't, I didn't care. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. you learned all that stuff kind of later. And it's just kind of different because it was more of a film. It was where Star Wars immediately early expanded universe comics and the figures took off and you took that home. And Indy, I think by the time they're trying to Raiders and I think it was more Temple of Doom was when they, they had the line. Um it was more trying to catch up to that. So it's always been taken in, I think, a little differently than Star Wars and other big properties, the toys. Right. So so that kind of leads me into uh, to one of the one of the big questions here that I want to ask, which is like, are you were, were you like me where it's like where I just, you know, I just told the anecdote of like, you know, once the movie mm -hmm. is over, I put it back in a box and I kind of sit and I kind of sit with it for a couple of years until the next until the next time. And if you are, what is that kind of like? Because obviously, like you live in star Wars and I live in star Trek and Marvel and mm -hmm. um, there's comics and there's toys and there's things, but there's, there was an Indiana Jones comic line. It was nowhere near as popular, mm -hmm. but there hasn't been in decades. And like, how does that, yeah. like, how do you kind of, how do you kind of like navigate that with that, with this character being like your favorite cinematic character? It is, uh, you know, it's, these are great, great questions and great thoughts because like there's definitely, because oh, all the things have been around by all the things, I mean, comics and, and novels and video games. I love the first Indiana Jones Lego game. The second one wasn't as good, but I love that first one. Uh, oh, I didn't play, right. uh, yeah, I didn't play the, I think it's like the Lost City of Atlantis is one of the games that Indiana Jones games. Uh, there's rumors. Um, absolutely big, a big indie project was in the works a few years ago. I don't know if that one's still going forward, but there's thoughts of another game coming. Like it all kind of is there, but there is something even with me where I have to admit, I do put it on a shelf. The concept, the, 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 the franchise itself, I, I put it on a shelf and I visit it not unlike Lord of the Rings. I love the Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings films. Uh, I don't know them in terms of trivia. I know what it means to me. I know how the movies make me feel. I know almost every line of dialogue. But about once a year, I put those out. Where Star Wars, yes, I have a Star Wars pod, podcast. Yes, I wrote a book about Star Wars. Yes, I pay attention a lot more. I need to. It's part of my job. But even if, without that, I was, that's why I do that stuff. Because I was already watching, eh, it's a Saturday. I'm going to put in Revenge of the Sith. Where Indy was that once a year kind of thing. I'm going to hang out with this this good buddy of mine, Indiana Jones. Do you think there's a correlation between people who like Star Wars and people who like Indiana Jones? Because I've noticed that there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of cross-pollination there. Yeah, look, I think it's it's it might be no more um, um, no deeper than George uh, and, and Harrison, right? And and other some other crossovers, of course. Uh, Admiral Hazel, General Veers appear as well. All that good Porkins, all that stuff. So there's some 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 um, mixing of the streams for sure. But uh, I think it it might just simply be because of the time they came out, which doesn't mean you have to discover them in that time because generations go on and rediscover these franchises over and over and over again, which I think is important to their lifeblood, but uh, it's just forever connected, right? And it's right. part of the lore. Even though we don't know the trivia, we know that the weekend Star Wars New Hope came out, Spielberg and Lucas were on the beach and Spielberg said, I want to direct a Bond film and 
George said, ah, I got something better. The Adventures of Indiana Smith. Wait to hear this. That's just lore we know. So I think it's forever, forever intertwined. I do find some folks who, who you know, like one or the other, but it's always, I'll tell you, it always seems to be Star Wars more than indie. But even those who work in this field, like you and I, uh, my friend Alex Damon of Star Wars Explained, he'll tell you probably the same thing. He loves Star Wars. He has a YouTube channel, Star Wars Explained. It's his life. He and, he and his wife, Molly, that's their life every day. They started doing Indiana Jones con content a couple years ago, and I texted him about it. And he goes, he was like, almost like he was secret about it. He's like, well, Indy's kind of my favorite character. And I'm like, mine too. But like, we don't have a place to talk about it as much. The audience isn't as big, which is shocking. But anyways, to go back to your original question, sorry, I'm rambling, is um, I think it's that 80s, the Amblin era vibe, even though Star Wars, I wouldn't put necessarily in the Amblin, Amblin vibe uh, until Skeleton Crew comes out. Um, it all, it's all connected and springs from there, I think. That's interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you've been talking a lot about Harrison Ford. Um, obviously, he's Indiana Jones. Um, this is because Indiana Jones. How do I want to phrase this? Because Indiana Jones is your favorite cinematic character, and you and you said that you th did. You say you were always kind of more of a Han guy. I've always, in terms of Star Wars, meaning meaning so, yeah, Star Wars. Uh, Han Solo is my favorite um, character in 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 Star Wars. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, that that's that's what I meant by that one. So. He's mine too. I was always more of a Han guy than I was for any other character in yeah. in Star Wars, and I didn't. This I don't know why I'm going to put this on record, but I didn't really uh, connect to Luke until the Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. um, I always kind of liked Luke. He was there, but always, I was always I always liked Han. And I wonder, is that because of Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones for me? Like specifically because like mm -hmm. you know Indiana Jones and Han Solo, they're not too dissimilar, right? Right. So yeah. I just wonder if there's like a correlation there because of Harrison Ford's performance. There, there's, yeah, no, there's something, you know, Harrison absolutely is a master of, um, I don't want to say like the everyman hero. Uh, I think there's even better examples later on. I think that's part of the reason Die Hard works, right? It's just right. the uh, shoeless everyman just trying to get through and get his, the holidays and get his marriage back as an action hero, <laughs> even though the character's a NYPD cop. But like, like, um, I think Harrison has a little bit about that, but there, the you know, and, and to the Luke thing, I, I'm caught, I caught, I I actually understand what you're saying. Um, my connection to Luke probably was before Last Jedi, but but I grew up, you know, in the '80s. It's like Luke was not as cool, man. He was kind of like the nerdy the nerdy brother, and I was the nerdy brother. And I think that was part of it. I think we all, whether we admit to or not, or whether we intend to or not, we might look at characters or actors who embody those characters as as who we want to be versus more who we want who who we are and i find a lot of people who I, in my life including like my my pal and podcast partner joseph scrimshaw my pal mark riley my pal mark ellis those are three people i know who are luke skywalker fans and the the, the reason is 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 they have always been able to see themselves in luke because that's who they are where i saw myself in han and i saw myself in indy because they weren't who i was um, though later on, I've learned that emotionally and thematically, I was more them than I even wanted to know because there's some mistakes those characters have made over the years in the films that that I understand more because I've I've been them. But if that makes sense, I, I think there's uh, that's part of the appeal, and and Harrison's at the center of that. You know, I, you know, I, I didn't go around wanting to be his character from you know Witness or regarding Henry, but you know, he's still the same vibe as there. That's why he's obviously so popular. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's a really interesting way to phrase that. Because, like, look, I watch the Indiana Jones films, and I'm like, man, I wish I could be there. 
I wish I was there <laughs> fighting Nazis with my whip and my and my and my gun. Yeah, like, yeah. I want I want to do that. But I never like I, that's not who I am. I look. I I would love to do that too. Uh, I'd be Marcus Brody, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, in in the last last crusade version of Marcus Brody, which I is very much the same uh, Marcus Brody. I'm not one of those folks who think it's dramatically different. But uh, yes, yeah. And I've even you know my old job. I, I had a little bit of action, I, but I was still just pretending to be indie. But inside, I was Marcus Brody. Right. Yeah. It's um. You 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 grow up wanting to be Indiana Jones, but you realize you become Marcus Brody. Lost his own museum, you say, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, the reason why I asked about Harrison Ford's performance there and kind of is because like there's a lot of talk and in, about Indiana Jones when a new movie comes out, which mm -hmm. is like we've had three prime indie um, Harrison Ford adventures, mm -hmm. and we had the young Indiana Jones adventures, but then these last two movies are old Indiana Jones. Mm -hmm. Um now they i've going back and watching kingdom of the crystal skull it's wild because you're like oh wait you're actually not that old right um, yeah. <laughs> but like they make a ton of old jokes and like though this is the old indie adventure and i'm like all right yeah. but now i'm gonna see an 83 year old man <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 um so like do you think harrison ford is indie or do you think there was probably a missed opportunity to re recast the character and continue the story no i i i think he is indie and Harrison has said that, you know, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but God damn, I'm indie to that. I die, the character's dead. That's not necessarily how it's going to work out. And I don't think that necessarily should be how it works out. But I think, um, I think it works that if, as long as he was, is knock on wood, hopefully he doesn't fly any more airplanes. Uh, as long as <laughs> Harrison's still around, there's still the potential. There's just the desire to see it. We are in a different era where, you know, the jokes can be made. It's like, Mark Hamill in Force Awakens Last Jedi era was older than Alec Guinness in A New Hope. Uh, you know, Harrison long past Sean Connery, uh, who was only, what, 12 to 14 years older than anyways at the time of Last Crusade. Um, mm -hmm. But age is different now, and that's a great thing. And and I don't think it's completely unrealistic that an 83-year-old or whatever, whatever exactly is now uh, can be run around doing that. Um, is it is it completely feasible in our real world? Maybe not, but but I think we still can believe it. And there's a power to, uh, again, because for a lot of us, and and and, and I want to make sure I, I always want to take everyone's perspective and experience in into it. But as a as a you know little boy growing up in the '80s, like indie was always someone you 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 never gonna you never gonna surpass indie in terms of experience and age. You always looked up to them, and and. And that was part of it when there was the, the talk of uh, recasting and rumors. I think they were just rumors, but of a, you know, Disney bought everything. And even though it was on Paramount and stuff, but around 2015, 2014, there was the talk of Chris Pratt becoming indie, right? I remember and that, whatever, yeah. Yeah, whatever you think of Chris Pratt, not part of the conversation, but we were upset. And my friends and I were kind of like, no, my friend Mike Beatrice wrote an article that was like, F, my, F Chris Pratt proud on the schmoes no and then what he was saying was it wasn't it isn't uh, anything with chris pratt or any actor in the in the role it's like we it's like when your favorite sports player retires and becomes a manager and suddenly you you find yourself like older than the baseball players you're watching for me a sports guy people might not be a sports guy but you know it's a weird thing it's a mind thing and so indie indie for, is is still out in front of us mm -hmm. <laughs> we haven't surpassed so as long as harrison wants to do it and harrison's kicking around I don't think we're ready to recast Indy. 
Um, and yet, well, I'd love, I can't wait to talk about young Indiana Jones, but, um, I think, and I'm not saying Harrison needs to pass away for this to happen, but this, this dial of destiny, I think is it. And I think there's things to explore with the character, um, and whether or not we'll be open to it. I don't know. Um, so I do hope the character goes on. Uh, I would not be uh, opposed to short round of Disney plus series or young, younger Indiana. I, I, I'd be willing to explore, but as long as Harrison's willing, and long as they want to, if they came back and said, you know what, we're going to do an Indy six, I'd be like, great. I don't care if he's told me the last one was the last one. Keep going until, uh, until he doesn't want to, because I can still look up to Indy. Right. That's a, that's a good point. There is a, um, there is a, a few young Indiana Jones episodes, I believe that have, uh, a, what is that? A 96 year old Indiana Jones. Yeah, he's uh, about 92, 93. George Hall played him and yeah. it took place. He was living in Chicago, no, New York or something. Yeah, New York, I think, in uh, the early 90s at the time of the series, living with his daughter. Um, and what ended up happening in 1996 is George recut the series. And it's uh, so it went from the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles to the Adventures of Young Indiana Jones, which is currently the thing you're now being able to see on Disney Plus. And, and since 96 has been the only thing. And they removed the old. Uh, indie. So George Hall's uh, 90 plus year old indie is, is not canon for lack of a, a better term. That might not be 100% correct, but that version, yeah, that version, uh, we're close to that version. It's crazy. Because <laughs> they, uh, they reference one of the episodes in Kingdom of the Crystal, of the Crystal mm-hmm. Skull with Pancho Villa. Um, yeah, and so yeah. I always kind of, I always took the, the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles as canon. And so I, I was running with this theory for a long time. Once I mm-hmm. realized, I was like, you know what? They're probably not going to kill Indy in this film, um, yeah. because you know when when talk of James Mangold coming on board was happening was like, oh well, he'll do Logan again, right, right, and, right. And so I was like, oh well, well, you know, they're probably not going to kill Indiana Jones. And I was like, oh, I wonder if this is the story of how he lost his eye. <laughs> yeah, I've, yeah, it's so funny. Another friend was texting me that too. It was like, well, he's got to lose his eye. Uh, it's possible. And, and by the way, I want to say I, I do believe, you know, it's uh, young indie is is canon. I think Mangles even mentioned that there's something about that, too, as well, including Crystal Skull as well. Um, yeah. So I'm with you in there. It's just that it's, it's one of those. It's very George. Right. Let me read. Nah, I didn't like how that went. I'm going to recut it. And we're going to the, the flow is, is messed up with the old indie. So we're going to take him out. Um, but in my mind, George Hall's indie still exists. We can get there. So maybe Dial of Destiny ends with a big loss of an eye. It You know, of all the things he re-edited, it, at least he didn't take out Harrison Ford's uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, no, no, the nineteen fifty episode, uh, the the jazz episode, yeah, yeah, or how Indy learned to play the blues, yeah, yeah. And he, and he got a beer because he was filming, I think, The Fugitive at the time. I think so too. Yeah, I always love that uh, when you know he's played Indiana Jones five times because of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so the thing, so. You kind of you kind of you kind of stumbled into another question I had there, which was which mm. was cool because uh, you talked about a little bit about what happens after Dial of Destiny, um, and I, I do want to get your thoughts on on kind of your hopes for Dial of Destiny, what you're kind of coming going into the film with, but I want to wait for that at the end and kind of skip to afterwards. Where do you think this? Do you think this franchise could continue without Harrison Ford or with a new actor playing Indy or with, because there was rumors of a Ravenwood prequel series happening at Disney plus everyone Mm. wants a short round series happening at Disney Mm -hmm. plus. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you want to see? I I think because of uh, K. Wee Kwan uh, and his uh, revival, I mean, that's really what it is. This uh, storybook 
revival. Uh, you know, it's almost a shame that it didn't happen. I mean, it's a shame. Number one, it's a shame. I think he had to have a revival, right? He should have still been working. And even though he worked in the, in the industry stunts and whatever, because um, I, I think, you know, I, I'm, I, there's no hope that he's in the Mangle film, right, for no. me. Like, I just don't think so. So that would have been wonderful. Been wonderful. Um, but I, I think now you could strike with that and, and the iron would be very much hot. And I think a lot of people have been calling for that for a while. Um, just like, hey, where, where, where is short round? E e even, you know, I got the I got the change up at Last Crusade. I get that. But then even by Crystal Skull, like you did nothing, nothing. You're giving us nothing. And, and, I, and I get it. I get some frustration with it. So I think you could do that. The Ravenwood stuff's great. I, I, I think Marion Ravenwood is a character. Uh, is really fascinating. Um, what well, I don't necessarily need to follow her story from from Raiders on or anything like that. And and uh, I don't know how you could play around with that, um, but you could. Um, but I I think if it's it, it can't just simply be we are indie goes on and and we're gonna you know actor X is coming in now. Um, and, and and you you couldn't just you'd have to acknowledge that that's a big change that people wouldn't want and i don't think you can necessarily do indie six even if that was set in another time right we're going back to 1951 like i just it'd have to be something specific for a, a series going back to the young indie um which is i think more possible at some point you know this gonna people are gonna think about solo star wars story a, a movie i love and alden ehrenreich i believe absolutely brought um, wonderful chops to that role and did his version of Han Solo, which I think is important. It's something Harrison appreciates. Um, there's one shot in Solo, one shot where Alden turns around, he's got his hands on his hip, and I'm like, that is indie. <laughs> that is indie. Uh, he's got the mannerisms down. But I don't think, but we saw it. Whether people like the movie or not, just the simple idea that another person was playing Han Solo upset them to their core. And it's hard. And, that shouldn't stop you from doing anything shouldn't stop you from creating art but if they're going to go forward with indie it can't just simply be we're continuing it's just a new name in the role solo is a really good example of this because when solo was happening i know even i think i i was saying you know alden if he's good wouldn't it be funny if alden went on to play uh indie as well yeah, yeah, yeah um and you know there's always that kind of like you know desire to go back to the 30s for indiana jones because that's where the trilogy is like that's where you kind yeah. of see indie and now here we're here in the seven in the 70s right uh the dial of destiny 69 the moon landing's happening I right think. so 69 so so anything that would be set in indiana jones especially with a short round would probably be around that same time uh mm -hmm. or after and I, mm -hmm. there's some, there's something I guess not really magical about the eight, about the seventies that I would like to see them return to this, to the thirties. Um, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, no, it's, and it's one of those age things that mess, you know, when, uh, when, uh, I think, I don't know the math, but it's like when Raiders came out, we are, we are uh, Raiders to 1936 is like closer than Raiders to our present day. You know, that kind mm -hmm. of stuff <laughs> messes with your head. Um, especially the older you get, um, yeah, no, I agree with you. There's something it's, it's, it's romance. It, it's, it's the film, uh, uh, the romantic days of the thirties and, and, and even the forties and stuff like that, that that's why it's part of, um, it's part of it. It's part of the, uh, the, 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 the good pull of nostalgia that, you know, George deals in nostalgia a lot, but he doesn't, he doesn't use it. Uh, he, he explores it and explores our relationships with it, explores our relationships, uh, uh, to, to the past 
And and I think um, one of the great things about the 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 Indiana Jones series, particularly the first three, which is not a slight on Crystal Skull because I actually really enjoy that film, uh, but Last Crusade is very much about it's it's at the time we thought the last one, and it's very much about what is the what is the value of all this, right? What is the, we're searching for these things from the past, but what does that give us now? What's our relationship with it? And and I think that's very much a play, and that's why what you're all that to say what you're saying is. Yeah, I think you would need to go back to that yeah. era. You need to explore India in that timeline again. Now, there's obvious the obvious answer would is to recast Indiana Jones, I think, but mm-hmm. also video games, right? There's the rumor of the Ubisoft video game. Well, it's not rumor; they they are developing it. When it comes out, yeah. who knows? Um, and I would love like there is a viable option to keep the story of Indiana Jones around the 30s, maybe even 40s. Maybe we could do a World War II adventure. Yeah, um, I'd really love yeah. to see that. I definitely, especially after the Crystal Skull, he and Mac talking about their World War II era adventures. There's a lot there, mm-hmm. a lot there that that, that uh, could involve our, f- you know, favorite villains of the franchise, the, the, the Nazis, because we love seeing them defeated. So uh, you could explore that. Uh, and there's also um, Dial of Destiny is introducing a de-aged Indiana Jones. First time we're getting a. Yeah. Uh, well, not the first time we're getting a flashback because we had the young indie stuff in mm-hmm, Last mm-hmm. Crusade, but it's the first time Harrison has done the flashback. I, I'm so curious to see it for so many reasons. Uh, we're in an interesting, uh, at times dangerous point in technology, but I think it's always interesting. I'm never someone who fights technology outright. I, I used to. Um, I, I held on to VHS tapes a lot longer than I should when DVDs came out. And, and uh, I've changed a lot in the last five years when I want to at least find what's out there, find what is new and embrace it and see how best we can use it. Because there's still danger in that. Uh, AI is not going away, but how you 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 use AI is the debate. Um, so the, the the all that to say, I'm not saying de-aging is AI, not the same conversation, but I'm. it looks good, right? It looks really good. And can there be enough disbelief suspension of disbelief to make it work not for a full movie i wouldn't want it for a full movie but i'm so curious about that so yeah. curious about that. Yeah. honestly when i first saw that when i first saw that i was like that's just him that's just harrison ford yeah yeah no 100 100 percent. i i got confused for a second yeah <laughs> i was like oh wait are we watching footage from last crusade what's happening yeah did they get the deleted scene or something that yeah yeah so i'm gonna ask some personal questions now Yes, sir. Which one's your favorite? Uh, my favorite is 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 Last Crusade. Uh, it's the old uh, Raiders. It's all the old Return of the Jedi versus Empire discussion, but in in Indy, uh, Raiders is 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 perfect in a lot of ways. Um, I think it is one of those perfect films that, in in my day of of studying screenwriting in, in my college days, that Back to the Future, that those were those perfect films. You discuss are they always perfect? Maybe not. No. But uh, that one, that one's a film. It's it, you could tell it's made for a different time. You could tell it's made um, at a different point in Spielberg's career. It was still a big risk to even have Spielberg involved. He had a bad reputation for being, uh, you know, over budget and, and um, uh, you know, taking too long to make his films. Uh, he had the the, the comedy uh, bomb uh, era. This that, that night was the nineteen forty one. Illusion Acre. It wasn't a super like giant giant risk, but this is Spielberg needing to prove that he's he's got it. And so it's a film, right? It's a film. Temple of Doom is an 80s movie to the core. It comes out in 84, and you still got the height of the 80s, I think, coming. Uh, um, you call it the Amblin era, but like E.T. is 82. But the Temple of Doom's got, you know, 
for good for better or worse it's got some some bad some bad tropes it's it's got uh, things that need to be talked about but it's also i think a misunderstood film but um it's got the kid it's got you know short round he go, he goes on to goonies and all of a sudden it's it's such an 80s film mm-hmm. last crusade isn't but it's the it's a, it's the beginning of a modern era uh so i just um I just love Last Crusade. I love the way it makes me feel. It's it's the funniest. Makes me laugh. Connery is a legend for a reason. He just brings it to that role. I that's that's why I get defensive when some people uh, some critiques of of Last Crusade are like you know. And you bring Marcus Brody back, and he's kind of a bumbling fool. I don't think he's completely a bumbling fool at all. I think there's different sides to him, but also he's a fish out of water, and he's damn funny. Denholm Elliott is 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 amazing. Uh, his 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 comedy beats, the way he plays with silence solid coming back in, in the right way it all comes together um and, and it's just fun it's just fun when i think of indiana jones it's a saturday afternoon and i want to watch some indie i think of the bright colors of last crusade in the desert in that adventure i'm with you 100 percent. uh last crusade is my favorite as well it has been uh ever since i watched it for the first time with my dad i have a a um I am a sucker for an estranged dad reconnecting with his son, uh, that, mm-hmm. that trope. And Spielberg excels in that trope, and I think Last Crusade is one of the best examples of it. Yeah, no, Last Crusade, uh, it takes that father-son stuff, and it's very um, it's very overt, right? It's very direct about it. Spielberg has said it for years. That's what that film is about. That's why it works, and we can discuss themes if you want, whenever you want. But I think, like I said earlier, that film is very much about what – is the value of all this. And then you have on one side, you have this, this Holy grail uh, and the script ends up coming, you know, working to that as, as the MacGuffin, but really it's, it's, it, it's this idea of, of, of learning to let go uh, obviously. And yes, there's some direct shots with Elsa Snyder reaching and Harrison reaching and Indy, Indiana, let it go. But really you have Walter Donovan on one side, not wanting to change, not wanting to grow, not wanting to give up his position of power. Uh, you know, Hitler will take the world, but he can't take him with him. Uh, this grail represents me not letting go. And it's such a basic thing. And then all that all flows into the relationship with Indy and his father, where the idea of not letting go is not letting go of the resentment, the pain and the scars, even though they're there, even though they still might be needed to be dealt with. You have to let go. And even Dr. Jones, Henry Sr. has that too, where the whole movie, he refuses to, to call him Indiana because it's a slight, it's a resentment. In the end, he lets it go. Indiana, Indiana. It's such a powerful moment. It's such a powerful film um, about the pursuit of, of uh, the true value of life. And, and that's why it works. And, and Spielberg and all of them, they just came to play in that movie. And I, I think it doesn't get the 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 respect for being that deep because it is also just fun comedy blockbuster adventure. Yeah, it is. It is truly hilarious. I've seen it. So uh, for people listening to this, will probably know that I've been doing a lot of Indiana Jones uh, uh, shows and videos and things for our channel. And because of that, I have watched all three films mm-hmm. six times this year so far. Nice. And last crusade never fails to, to make me laugh always by the time by the time uh henry is holding indiana and says and says indiana like tears every single time down my eyes yeah. like it is a beautiful movie that is deeply important to me love that um love that. my friend always says my, my ben you know ben um he yeah. he always says that when he you know when he thinks of adventure he thinks of indiana jones the raiders of the lost ark and i'm like when i think of it it's the last crusade yeah yeah, which is funny because uh, um, 
uh, my pal uh, uh, PJ Campbell and, and, and PLD on, on the PLD Projects podcast, they've been looking at indie too. And they they said something I agree with too. And, and we talked about Enforcement Era as well. But like, however, all that to say, Temple of Doom is often what people take from it when they go and create other versions of indie, meaning like you think of the jungle, you think of the cart ride, you think of, uh, you know, all that that goes into the you know, temple, temple of the forbidden eye, the Indiana Jones ride is more based on temple of doom than any other right. one. It's indie on the bridge. It's iconic. It's so fun. So I love analyzing that where it'll, it's all indie. Here's the thing. We all win. Uh, well, no matter the choice, but uh, I'm with you. I think of a tank in the desert and him punching up. That's a really good point that so many uh, Indiana Jones, for lack of a better word, clones take from mm -hmm. Temple of Doom. And for years, it's been reevaluated recently, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. But for years, it was seen as the bad one. Yeah, no, even for me, I, I, I don't did not watch it as much. I, I have seen Last Crusade the most Raiders. Of the I mean, I'm not I'm not lying when I said I, I think I've seen Temple of Doom less than 15 times yeah. in my life. And that's the first one I saw in theater. And, and yeah, we can got, dive into the reevaluation of it. Uh, um, and, and there's some, you know, honest takes on it, on some of the things that the movie does, does uh, maybe poorly. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, it deserves a little bit of a resurgence. And even for me, I'm, that's a lot for me to admit, because I've, I've always kind of been like, ah, I don't like, it's the dark one. And that's, that's such a blanket statement on that film. Right. It's actually, it, it is the dark one, but it's also really funny. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. A lot of that is the relationship a short round yeah yeah i think um i think the most recent the most recent time i watched it because i hadn't seen it in a long time before we started doing all these things and i really mm -hmm. started to appreciate what they were doing with indiana and short round in in that film i mm -hmm. think their relationship is really good and like good for harrison ford mm -hmm. for like leaning into it and like being this mentor for this kid yeah no there's there's a lot about the the movie I, yeah i don't know if you want to do the full <laughs> full breakdown on it now but i have so many thoughts on on um what the movie is 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 truly saying uh and, and what's what's there and what even i think there's a lot of mistakes um there's a lot of tropey stuff right um and a lot of things that with a reevaluation you wouldn't maybe approach it like that but the the idea behind it all is still there it's unfortunately one of the trademarks of, of lucas he really is right on with perspective his perspective of the world and social issues he just sometimes executes them in a very bad way <laughs> and temple has temple has that but it's very much about appreciating other cultures indiana jones is very much about that uh very much it's just it gets lost in the shuffle and gets lost in the 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 as as the different generations of, of commentary kind of fan out that you miss a lot of things that are there and some of it's just mistakes the movie roshan seth who played cheddar lol said you know that that dinner scene which is viewed by many uh as as coach culturally insensitive and and by the way that's the right answer if that's what you feel it, you know that's that no one here is to take that away from you and he wasn't um but he's just like but the scene was intended to be the people at the palace going hey here comes the british here comes these uh these white folks coming in here and this is what they think of us so let's give them this this is what they think our culture is to also hide the fact that a lot of them were part of thuggies and this kind of that it did not work and even uh, roshan seth has said in interviews it, it, it doesn't come across that way uh part of that's because spielberg and george love to giggle like uh, schoolboys over disgusting things so snake surprise becomes the thing people remember more than what the scene was saying about the british empire uh colonizing this culture like like that was what was at stake in that scene and it just it just doesn't come out as much so it's fun to dig into yeah i, I i've never heard that reading before um but i do remember um 
I because I've done a lot of research into Indiana Jones, there's a few times where Spielberg and Lucas have approached the idea of using the Monkey King as a as a um, mm-hmm. as a villain, and and I think Last Crusade right. and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yep, yep. Um, I think you're right. Yeah, and both times they opted against it because they felt it would be what their approach would be would be culturally insensitive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, there's a lot there. I, I think, you know, Temple, not to go too far down the path, but yeah, there's some white savior trope stuff. Um, there's uh, definitely, uh, you know, that, that you can't deny that's there. I mean, Pat Roach is unfortunately, he's kind of brown face in that uh, role as, as the uh, henchman that gets squished in the rock, uh, you know, squisher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that might be the most egregious error of the movie. Um, uh, and, and there's definitely things that, you know, you go, hey, of the time, but this is why we go back and learn from that. And I think you'd approach it differently. I think both these creators would approach it differently. Um, I think George did approach it differently with by the time Young Indiana Jones Chronicles comes along, though he had some infamous missteps in the prequels without a doubt. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it, the, the, the film deserves to be dug into more. Even Willie Scott is not a uh, completely a, a, oh, screaming, helpless uh, female character. Some of that's there. And again, if you, you take that and, and that's what you want, you know, you, you, you find a problem with that, that's to me the right answer. She is to represent, she represents American decadence. She, she represents this, this idea of the, the, um, the American abroad not fully understanding the larger world around them. And, and that's part of the point. And, you know, I think there's a little too much screaming, but it, it's also the opposite of Marion Ravenwood was was obviously the simple design. But, yeah, there, again, there's there's more there that the film deserves to uh, have you all look at. So I've, I've got a lot more to ask you. I hope that's OK. Um, one of which we've talked a little bit about Young India already. Um, the Young Indiana Jones Adventures yeah. or the Adventures of Young Indiana Jones, I think it's called. Um, but. Were you there when it was airing? Were you watching it at the time? I was excited. Uh, 92, 93, so in the high school, 10th grade. Again, Indy's, you know, I wasn't on podcast back then, but, I, you know, he was he was my favorite, as was Han, but really excited. And it's fascinating. I cannot wait for those. There's so many people who haven't had the chance to watch that. They've been available in different forms for a while, even I think as, as, as late as last year, they were on Paramount Plus or something like that. Yeah. And then they went away after a while. But they, my were, pal, uh, they were incomplete yeah. on Paramount Plus. Yes, right. And I think that's what my, my pal Joseph was telling me. And now you have the 22 Adventures of Young Indiana Jones re-edited. They're all like about an hour and a half. I, I beg people to watch them. I was just watching the first one today. Um, it's some of George's. When I say George, I, meant, I mean George and his team. It's never just one man. It's some of George's best work. It absolutely is. But in 1992... ABC did not know what the bleep to do with it. We've got a young Indian, young Indiana Jones, high adventure. And George the whole time is like, no, it's, it, it's educational. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. There's going to, some stuff's going to happen. Yeah. We're going to have world war one, but it's educational and it's poignant and it's purposeful. Uh, the first episode, T Lawrence is sitting there uh, with uh, Indy uh, nine-year-old Corey carrier is, is the nine-year-old Indy with his school, uh, his uh, traveling uh, school teacher telling Indy because Indy's talking about the afterlife and well if you die you go to heaven and he looks at Indy in the face goes well yeah that's the the Christian perspective on it there's a lot more perspective perspectives in the world on this subject that's on TV network television 1992 uh and that's just the beginning it gets deeper 
it gets deeper, including the World War I episode that ends with the, at the Paris Peace uh, Conference that leads to the Treaty of Versailles, where T. Lawrence is once again back. And they are discussing in depth with Indiana Jones, now Sean Patrick Flannery, that this is the end of the war, but it's really just the beginning, and that they have a chance to rebuild a new world, but the leaders – the leaders in power are only in, in interested in vengeance, revenge, and protecting their power. It's it's this stunning, stunning look at, at, at history in 1992 or three. And George was like, I'm trying to tell things to y'all. My art's trying to have a purpose, and no one got it. Yeah. And and that and, and it's fascinating to see. And he goes, Fine, I'm taking this to Star Wars. And then we know you now the, the point of the prequels, I think, is missed by a lot of people. It's Young Indiana Jones Chronicles or the Adventures of Young Indiana Jones are just it's some of the most amazing work from George. It really is. I really love it. Were you, did you feel that way at the time also? Or did you no. Feel be- <laughs> no, no. At the time, I'm like, what is what is where's the whip? You know, and, you know, because because I love I love the River Phoenix sequence in Last Crusade. It's amazing. It's amazing and, and, and goes into that movie's themes. We're talking about what is value. You're going back to, to for Indy to literally get the building blocks of his identity. It's to start to form who he is at 12, 13, which is the, the age range George is always preaching to. And he forms his identity. The cross of Coronado enters his life as his obsession. We pick up with him getting the cross back. He tells Marcus Brody, I've been searching for this my whole life. And then within a couple minutes, it's a funny scene, but he's in his classroom and he escapes from all those students and he sits in his office with all the artifacts he spent his entire life searching for. And he shrugs because none of it, none of it is fulfilling him. It is the search for real value in your life. That's the journey of Indiana Jones. And, and, but, but I'm like, give me the whip river. I like the river Phoenix thing. And, and, you know, and I think Sean Patrick Flannery does an amazing job with the character uh it, it's just but it's like the prequels mm-hmm. it, you showed up i i'm part of the generation that tried to destroy star wars for the generations that after it because we showed up in 99 are like yeah star wars and george was like great cool let me tell you how democracies fail and we were all like we, we what and, and 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 couldn't comprehend it and, and and that was in place in the indiana jones chronicles that was there before george was already playing on that level but you know I'm 15. <laughs> I want, I want indie. Where's my indie? So, Do you think the show would have been more uh, successful if they had leaned more into the adventure aspect of it? Yeah, look, George, George is stubborn. George is, is stubborn without a doubt. Um, I think he even has some some thoughts on the modern era that I don't agree with. I think he's a little stubborn in his in his um in his uh, not even his older age. Just he deserves to be right. He's earned it. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think if yeah, Spielberg <laughs> had a little bit more and brought a little bit more of that. Well, George, this is this is great that you have this conversation that Indy is having with Leo Tolstoy on the night Leo Tolstoy dies. And he tells Indy, there's a quote from Tolstoy in that episode uh, where he tells young Indy, uh, look at look at God with your own eyes, not through the spectacles of the church. Maybe if we also put a whip in there, you know? <laughs> maybe if he's chasing something, you know, and, and it didn't happen. But uh We'll see. I'm so curious how people uh, take the series now that it's out there to be watched. I'm really excited that it's there because I have not seen the complete thing. Um, It's been available on YouTube. It was available on Paramount Plus, but incomplete. And Mm -hmm. I've never seen uh, like it all together. And so now that it's finally available on Disney Plus, I'm going to go through it like one Mm -hmm. after the other. I'm excited for that. Yeah, love it. Uh, We've been talking about Temple of Doom. Mm-hmm. And you want to you want to get into the themes of Temple of Doom, and I respect that. But I really want to get your take on Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. 
Yeah. 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 Where do you go? So you start. Well, so Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, um, I think kind of set in motion the reevaluation of Temple of Doom because mm-hmm. then that was seen as then Kingdom was seen as the bad one. And that was the one that doesn't quite really yeah. work. And there's yeah. all these narratives about why Spielberg didn't want to do it. George Lucas didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you believe mm-hmm. any of that or whether or not that's true. Miles may vary. Um, mm-hmm. But you did you like Kingdom when you first saw it? Yeah, yeah. The, the the conversation around Kingdom of Crystal Skull is fascinating right now in 2023, meaning the conversations like I want to have about it because a lot of them aren't even about the movie right. or how the movie was watched and taken, how it was discussed. I think you're I think you're right. So let me go back to 2008. Saw it at the Cinerama Dome in Hollywood at ArcLight with uh, my then girlfriend and her, her brothers, and we we're so excited. I love Indy, and I came out of the movie and was like, that was great. It was fun. Yeah, some things here and there. Uh, maybe weren't my favorite. I liked it. I thought Harrison was great. The, 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 you're, and you said you're a teacher? Part-time. Love that. This is indie. I love, as someone who, you know, I am of uh, Ukrainian and Circassian heritage. You want to talk about uh, Russians and, and the Red Scare and the Soviets. You want to go into aliens. I love that stuff. I, any book about Area 51, I've read. Like, I loved it. I loved it. And and again, some things, not even plot point stuff, but just like, eh, you know, we're in a different era of CGI. Let, put a pin in that. We'll talk about it. And then I came out of the theater and I'm almost mean literally. And I don't think it wasn't like you go now to your apps and you look, but it was just like, I went home and logged on to MySpace or something. I went back to work with my friends, went to the comedy clubs with my friends. And I was like, Oh, we hate it. Got it. Okay. Sorry. I, I, I was wrong. I enjoyed it. We hate it. And Oh, the fridge. That's right. The fridge was stupid. By the way, I didn't think the fridge was fridge was stupid. Then I think the dive out of the plane in temple of doom on a raft is worse than the fridge thing. Hot take for me. It's fun. It's part of my childhood. That is more silly than the fridge thing. Also, by the way, this is Pulp Adventure. Uh, Temple of Doom begins with Willie Scott singing Cole Porter's Anything Goes, telling you, that's a song about sex, but telling you anything goes in this movie. Han Solo, or excuse me, I did it again. Mm -hmm. Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones in Club Obi-Wan is going to throw a flaming skewer shish kebab into a villain. Anything goes in this movie. It's pulp. It's craziness. Indiana Jones is of that. Uh, just like Star Wars too. This is why I, I, I don't want to give the Rise of Skywalker debate. This Rise of Skywalker is more the pulp Star Wars than 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 Last Jedi or other any other movie other than Solo. It gets the pulp right more than any other movie in the modern era of Star Wars, and and that's part of the ingredients of that there. And I was like, the fridge, okay, but uh, but to your, to your question, in two thousand eight, I was like, okay, end of discussion. Brandon, I didn't watch that film again till last year. Really, so once in my life. Once in my life. And I love this, but I was like, uh, it's the bad one. Then I get into movie podcast and we all take our jokes. We make our snarky, snarky little pithy remarks about the film. Uh, then the stories emerge. Spielberg didn't want to be there. And by the way, I think there's some truth to that. I think uh, in a weird way, Spielberg might've been the weakest link to it. I don't know. This is a different conversation. I have George was very, like very seemed to be very hard to work with over it. Frank Darabont's got stories and they, you know, a lot of the versions they wanted to, to do the crystal skull idea was in place. He, he had one in place for uh, young Indiana Jones Chronicles. He was going to deal with the crystal skulls and that he wanted to get to it. So he gets to that. Um, I did not think Harrison slept, walk through the film at all. I think he slept, th- slept, walk through return of the Jedi more than he did crystal skull. And, and, but that doesn't matter in the modern era. You get me, you get me, you get me on a rant, Brandon it does not matter. <laughs> Because we don't like to engage with our art. We like to own our art. 
And everyone likes to go on podcasts, not this one, because you go deep, my friend, but everyone loves to go on live stream shows. Everyone loves to go on these YouTube nerd networks that I've been a part of and I'm still a part of. And everyone loves to own the art and act above the art, and they don't like to engage with it. They don't like to gauge with the themes. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is a man at a time who has spent his entire life believing he is one thing, believing his who he is, his, his identities, adventurer, teacher, archaeologist. And throughout the movie, there's this constant thing of the, the pursuit of truth and pursuit of knowledge. That's why the uh, you know Irina Spilko is looking for you know to combine the when the, she combines the scrolls the, the the skulls. Give me all the knowledge in the world. Give me all the knowledge world. The entire time through that movie indiana jones is being backstabbed his friend mac is 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 against him not with him against him with him with him he flips he flips he flips he can't trust him uh, this kid much shows up hiding whether he knows or not hiding information marion ravenwood marion williams shimmers you hid that from me you had i'm a father now i'm this is who i am this is not my identity it's an entire movie about trust and pursuit of who you really are and having to deal with who you really are as you get the information and that sometimes you just can't have all the information you cannot know to tr if you can trust this person you might get information on your journey that changes your destiny changes your direction changes who you are you can't get all that you can only deal with it as you go along and that to me is at the core of indiana jones and the crystal skull but you know what fridge gigs fridge fridge gig stupid movies suck is every podcast and it just we that movie launched that movie came at a time when we, 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 not that we weren't ready for it. Again, it's got some things that don't work for me. It's got some effects that I, the ants and the monkeys, got some set pieces that aren't my favorite. But that's the thing. It doesn't need to be your favorite. What's the movie saying? What, and, and no one wants to do that. And, and that started this modern era of digital film discussion that, 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 that we're still dealing with. We're still dealing with the Crystal Skull effect of it sucked. Why? Indie, indie, indie go in fridge. Me no like. Versus what did it make you feel? You're crying at Last Crusade. You're crying because it affects you on a personal level. There's got to be people out there who are affected by Indiana Jones and Crystal Skull, but they don't, they don't know that they can exist. They're not allowed to say that. And that's driven me crazy for years. So I love to come here and purge, Brandon. Thank you. Bye-bye. I love that. I love that so much. Because um, you, you actually, so we already talked about Kingdom of Crystal Skull, but I didn't, I didn't see that perspective. And the way you were talking about that reminded me of the end of the movie when it's like, oh, where did they go? Oh, we'll never know. Yeah. You know, we'll never have all the answers. And that's the we'll point. Know. We'll never know. We'll never know. Um, I that, Wow. That, you, you opened my mind there. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love this stuff. Now, this is what we do on Force Center. Joseph Scrimshaw's 10,000 times better at doing this than I. I only learn from him, but uh, this is, it's way more fun for me to find out what's there in the movies than what wasn't. Right. Um, yeah. I, I, I've, uh, ever since the beginning, I've always liked K Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I always say there's not an Indiana Jones film I don't like. Um, it's got yeah. Indiana Jones. It's got Harrison Ford. I like it. Um, yeah. And whether or not they work for me or, or on various levels, like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and Temple of Doom, I, they, they don't work for me as well as Raiders or Last Crusade, but same. They're still Indiana Jones films, and I still like them. I still rewatch them. Yeah. What was it that yeah. reevaluated the movie for you? Because we're starting to see a lot of reevaluation where people are looking at K Kingdom of Crystal Skull as like the proto legacy sequel, a legacy sequel that came out before mm -hmm. there was a trope. Mm -hmm. What was it for you yeah. that was like, oh, that clicked? It was like, oh, wait, actually, this is uh, this is the movie. It. it, 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 it it's, it's a great question. And like I said, I did not watch it till last year, 2022. Um, 
also because I work more in the Star Wars side, just didn't feel a need to. And again, going to what we were talking about up top, it's fascinating, the, the stuff you asked up top, because that's that's why I didn't feel the need to watch Crystal Skull again. Not that I liked it or didn't like it, just like I, I engage with Indy in a different way. I think it is working in Star Wars and seeing the uh, prequel generation, excuse me, and, and the prequel generation and the generations that have come up behind the prequel generation in Star Wars claim what is theirs. Um that led me to go, you know, I think it's time to relook at Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Plus, hey, there's a new movie coming out. So chances are I'm going to be discussing this on wonderful podcasts like this one with you. And uh, I'm very passionate about that. As a Star Wars fan, I am. Uh, we, we can debate all day what didn't work, what worked for you. Uh, you know, same thing. I have things that work. Even in the movies I love, there's things that don't work. Blah, blah, blah. That's, that's film punditry. But, but I'm here to, to defend the generations of Star Wars fans who came after me. And I don't want them to have to love Star Wars the way I did. Mm -hmm. And I think Crystal Skull is in this weird, you're exactly right, Brandon. It's a smart observation that it came at, at a time, 2008, where this wasn't necessarily the norm. Mm -hmm. Iron Man is what, a year later? It's the Next same year. year. Same year, right? Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy to think about. Uh, there have been Marvel films before, but that what what is now with the MCU begins then, and even then it's a little rocky, right? It doesn't, it's not often running. They have to figure it out. Iron Man, I think, sorry, but Iron Man Two, blah, 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 Thor, all this stuff. So we're not used to this yet. Podcasts are exploding, YouTube channels. My friends started their reviewing, you know, Schmo's new movies in 2007. All this was brand new. Where now more voices were being heard. That allowed for more smart snark to rise, but. Also, it allowed for new generations of fans to identify it. And I think what's interesting me, the reevaluation of Crystal Skull is not whether I think it's a perfect film or not. It's just like I'm interested in finding the people who sat in that theater in 2008 and might have been 10. And they were like, I love this guy. This is this is great. My uncle was right. <laughs> and they probably didn't come out of the theater going, wow, those ants were stupid. They probably were like, oh, did you see those ants? And and and. That's what I was in Temple of Doom in 84. Right. Scared the hell out of me. But oh my God, the rope bridge and this and that and the whip and the humor. Oh my gosh, when he reaches for the gun. I didn't even, by the way, I didn't even know the Raiders bit because I hadn't seen it yet. We hadn't rented that VHS tape in my home. So when he pulls with the, goes for the gun and the gun's not there, that was hilarious. And Willie Scott dropped it because it was hot and burning down. I love that stuff. And, and, and no one told me in 84, well, this isn't as good as Raiders. Mm -hmm. They let me love it. They let me love it. And and I think there's part of there's 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 a lot of people out there in the in the film fan world who are like, great, glad you got your jokes about Crystal Skull. I loved it, and I'm gonna love it. And it doesn't mean I don't recognize that things are are not as good in it as the other movies, or that the monkey set piece is great. Of course not. I'm not blind. I see some of that stuff there, and I, and no disrespect to that. I'm sorry, but like, yeah, like like, just let me love it mm -hmm. is a thing. And I'm, I want to be part of that. I want to be part of that film discussion. Versus, uh, let me tell you why it sucked. That's a really good point. So I've talked about, uh, I talked about this on on Twitter when Rise of Skywalker comes out, and I do not want to get into Star Wars today, um, but yeah. I do, I do think that there is a lot of value in what you say because when Last Cru when Last Crusade, uh, the Last Jedi came out, I felt very alone in my love of that movie, and it was mm -hmm. through Force Center that I found people of a community where i could be like oh wait no i can own this i can be okay with liking this movie i kind of gave right. me that that um that okay i guess to kind of wear it proudly and mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i saw many people come to force center through rise of skywalker with the same mentality 
and I mm-hmm. so like I really you know there's kind of a through line here for you that you you want to keep doing that you want to keep being that person to be like hey it's okay to like this it's okay to like kingdom with crystal skull i i like it too we can talk about it because we are engaging with it because we both like it yeah 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 and 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 there's great value in that um you know you know if if you can listen to me talk about why I love Rise of Skywalker, other people love it, and at least come away with an understanding of my perspective on it, even if it doesn't align with your perspective of the movie, then we've won. Yeah. And you and I have both won, right? Um, I don't need any, I always say, I don't need anyone to love these. I just hear what's there, you know? Um, that That's, yeah, absolutely what it, I'm very passionate about it because I think it, I think it spills out into the real world. I absolutely think how we fail to take in our entertainment media is also how we fail to take in uh, news media, uh, politics, and 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 how we discuss it all and how we view it all. Uh, my pal Joseph Scrimshaw has gone off on on a lot of great uh, tangents about how, you know, everything in this in our world is win or loss. It's winner 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 lose. It's it's win or loss. It's it's good or bad. Uh, and it's not about the gray areas and the nuance. Nuance is a word that sometimes gets overused, but just it's like we only see things as zero some game domination so either indiana jones can the king of the crystal skull was the most awesome film ever and it made me feel like it was 1980 again or it sucked completely and we carry that out into our relationships we carry that out in how we discuss the world uh and that's why i'm very passionate about it now more than i was because i felt i was part of the problem i was part of the problem uh of being on shows and being snarky which is fun i'm a comic i love having fun but words matter and how and, and when you go out of your way to take joy away from people uh, it's harmful. It's harmful. Uh, you're you're right. I don't want to go down the whole path, but the the, the complete story in seven, eight, nine of, of Ray Skywalker is about not just found family, a big Star Wars theme, but I have friends of mine who were adopted who find themselves in that. I have friends of mine who are part of the transgender community who find themselves in Ray. That's great value. Whether or not you like every beat, you have to allow for that perspective because then they find themselves having a better spot, a more secure, safe spot in the world and part of the discussion. And that's why this matters. And I'm so tired of the nerd channels that don't I, have your top 10 list, have your Easter eggs, uh, all those kind of things. But what does it mean and what does it make people feel is more important to me. I'm going to keep coming. I feel like I'm advertising or trying to get you to vote for me. Um, and, 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 and it all does come into crystal skull I really i've had so many conversations already with my, my pals who are like nuts to this man i loved that movie and i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about why and uh, i love being part of that that's awesome um all right so we're kind of going a little long and i apologize if you got to be somewhere um all good man i'll give you i'll give you i'll give you what you need man let's do it let's keep going um so what so okay how do i want to phrase this Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, for me, has a lot of value um, because of what it does for Marion and Indy. Mm-hmm. You know, at that time in my life and at the time in Indiana's life, I think it was really important to uh, marry the two of them. Um, mm-hmm. Because I always felt that, you know, the line that uh, I just found out Lawrence Kasdan wrote for um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which was the um, the line in Crystal, uh, Crystal Skull, which is... Um, there were plenty of other women, but none of them were you. Yeah. Um, is, is, is exactly why Marion and Indy work so well. And it's always, and it's really cool to have that kind of James Bond esque hero, which, co- which bounces from, from yeah, lover yeah. to lover settled down in his old age with the one that got away. Yeah. And I think that's a good way to look at it. His loss, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
In fact, at the end of, of, of Raiders, that's one of the valuable points of Raiders. Raiders deals with that as well. Like, what is the true value of things, right? Uh, Last Crusade is about searching for that value, but Raiders is about identifying the, the value. One of the last lines of the film is Marion Ravenwood going, well, I know what I have. You, you know? Yeah. Henry Walton Jones Jr. And and it, it's... You know, you go back a year for Temple of Doom. It's it's a year prior, so it's not going to be Marion. It's it's Willie Scott. Uh, I think that's fine. But you're right. By Last Crusade, by the way, Alice Duty is, is Dr. Elsha Snyder. She's amazing. She's what 21, 22, and she plays the role. Great. But it, it it it's it's a little bit of the you know Karen Allen is 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 losing out because of age. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I would have you know I, I I this is one of those things. It's like I love love Last Crusade as it is, and I think. Elsa Snyder works perfectly for the film and is important, important to the life of Indy and a lesson there. But, but, you know, to not, you know, we didn't get to see that, that side of Indy. And I think it would have been, would have loved it. And, and, and it is one of the unfortunate things of the industry, especially then, but it's still something you face now is, as um, you know, oh, we're going to have the, the, the newer model, the younger, the younger models coming in. And, and I, I love that by Crystal Skull, they're, you know, a little bit for nostalgia pop without a doubt, but I think it was valuable to have her there. Um, curious, uh, almost afraid to see. I, I have not, I know that some people have seen Dial of Destiny, have not seen one word of a review. I don't, don't care to. Uh, I'm going to go to it um, un- unknowing any, any information, but how they're going to deal with the Marion of it all, I'm curious. Um, we'll see. Uh, but yeah. So that is why I brought up the question because um, what are your hopes? and fears going into Dial of Destiny. My, my fear is that she's, uh, uh, you know, passed away mm-hmm. and, and that it's going to be um, a photo, you know, not unlike um, his, his father and, and the statue of Marcus Brody. I'll be okay with it because it's how you deal with it. Dial of Destiny um, in the marketing and with what the trailer is talking about is, again, it's very much a man out of time. Again, it is an, an old relic in a new world, this being 1969, which, which was this amazing world of a new era, right? We're landing on the moon. Anything's possible. You know, nothing. <laughs> we got no problems. Yeah, there's a war going on, but we got no problems, right? It's a different time. Uh, uh, rock music is, 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 is saying important things. All these kind of things are going on. And, and Indy's here and, and and the movie is he's retiring so india is wrestling with his legacy it's he's pursuing the dial of destiny talking about our destinies talking about our life uh, and i think it's all going to be about his legacy on his shoulders and i think marion whatever happened um will be part of that wrestling and and, and his son too and i think mangold has said something like yeah you will have some answers or something like that um so i think that's going to be a key so that's my that's my hope is that maybe she's alive maybe she shows up but that maybe he, she he messed up again, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Which is well, actually one of the things I love about Han Solo and Force Awakens. There's valuable lessons into retreating to who you were, the worst version of yourself, uh, or the version you think you have to be versus who you really are. It's a lot of Han's journey, um, particularly in the end. Um, that might be some of that with that. And then the fear is that she said, ah, she's, she's dead. We'll see. Right. So with Dial of Destiny coming out, Dial of Destiny is... It, you know, it, they're marketing as like, hey, it's same old indie. But, it, you know, you can't deny that there's a different person behind the wheel this time. It's James Mangold. Yeah. Lucas had nothing to do with with, with this one. Is yeah. is that, because I know my answer to this, but is that worrying for you that this is pretty much a new creative team? It it, it would have been in 2008. Right. Which is funny because, again, I, 
sound like an a-hole, but like when I say Spielberg might have been the biggest problem with that, I just mean like he was in a different part of his career. He he transitioned into a different part of his career in in, in the mid-90s, and and I think it was a different spot. Um, That's all I'm saying. Based on some of the interviews that you seem to have hinted at of him going, I don't know, I guess we're doing another one. But I still think he, he, he he's, he's Spielberg. He's he's a pro. He knows how to make films. Um, but I would have had I would have been like, no, when, no, George, no Spielberg. It, it, it's not even indie anymore. I, I'm not in that spot anymore. I'm not an angry guy in my car on YouTube now. Um, I, I have a lot of faith based on the modern era of Disney. And some people listening might be throwing things at me at their through their podcast machine here. But I, I love the era. And I love it because it is artists. Um, and, and creators who, who who want to tell their story in this larger world. So Mangold comes along. He, he knows this stuff. He mentioned Logan. I, I keep joking. I'm forcing her. I was like, I'm not super familiar with Mangold. Logan does not. Turns out he's, I, you know, I knew he'd done a lot of things, but a couple of movies I absolutely love. Girl Interrupted, uh, 310 to Yuma, the remake. Some some people on my Discord and my Patreon page were like, he, idiot, he made these films. I'm like, oh, God, I love those films. <laughs> That's right. We're going we're gonna to be okay. Um, I, I, I'm curious. Doesn't mean he's uh, going to be perfect, um, but I think I, I, I really trust him. I I have seen. I will disclose at Star Wars Celebration in in the big Lucasfilm panel, they did show us about six minutes of uh, of a big action sequence. But it's a sequence that's been in a lot of trailers, so I don't feel anything was too spoiled. But um, and it was fun. I was excited. So I I really trust the process. Now we're in a different era. You talked about oh wait, it's a different era. These things aren't going away. These properties aren't going away. I was just watching an interview with Feige and Favreau talking about Iron Man 15 years ago comes out there at the Arclight, again, in the Cinerama Dome, walking out, introducing the film. Ryan Coogler's in the audience. Ryan Coogler's in the audience. And he goes on and makes one of the most important films in the MCU. Yeah. Uh, uh, these things aren't going away because these things have formed all of us. For better or worse, they formed all of us. So I'm excited to see it go on with other hands. Yeah, I'm, I am too. Because there's, um, I th- I don't think Spielberg ever kind of bounced back after Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Like, what I mean by that, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, like yeah. back to wanting to do indie. I know he did Tintin, and I think Tintin's a really good movie. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think he was ever in a place where he would be, where he would want to put his full effort into another Indiana Jones film. Yeah. Um, and I, so I was really happy when James Mangold, because I really like James Mangold. Um, he, you mentioned 310 to Yuma, but uh, uh, Logan, obviously, but uh, Ford v. Ferrari, which came out a few years ago. Right. Which I really love that movie. Um, yeah. So yeah. I'm really excited, but there's also a part of me that's like, you know, can Mangold, Mangold is not, you know, J.J. Abrams for all his faults. He's a Spielberg clone. He has modeled himself after making Spielberg movies. Um, yep. So like when, if J.J. Abrams was doing it, I knew it would look like a Spielberg movie. I'm not sure if Mangold will. And there's part of me that's like, yeah. oh, am I going to miss the visual language of Indiana Jones? Mm-hmm. Because that is so intrinsically Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's, no, it's a fair question. Absolutely fair question. And um, uh, we'll absolutely see now, won't we? Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, Crystal Skull even had that... Um, I thought I remember. God, you you might have been. You said you were re- researching things. Uh, I don't know who the I forget who the DP was at Crystal Skull, but uh, they were looking at they they studied. I remember they reading an interview. Where they studied the shots of uh, was it Douglas Slocum from from the first three films, right? So yeah, uh, that, that it's you, there, you have to be aware of it. You're right. Yeah. 
as part of making an indie film of uh, of the aesthetic. So uh, yeah, uh, so far good. So far so good. I love that trailer. That full length trailer. Stones playing everything about it into the indie music. I loved it. There is a um, there's there's a a sense that like when Spielberg you know passed on the baton, one of the things I really appreciate is that he's talked about. You know, this kind of goes back to Last Crusade because I think Last Crusade kind of perfects the Indiana Jones formula, which is mm-hmm. for an Indiana Jones movie, always be moving. Um, yeah. And I think that's intrinsic in Last Crusade. There is not there is not a five minute long talking scene that is not interrupted immediately by Nazis. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm excited to see how Mangle takes that. And I think Dial of Destiny will have that language. Um yeah, no, I like. Well, let's also not forget that there is someone who was there from the beginning, and uh, that's Kathleen Kennedy. I, I'm sure she has a couple ideas on, on what makes indie tick. So, uh, you know, it's and, and they clearly seem to have worked together well because now we got this uh, Dawn of the Jedi project that Mangle's involved with. So uh, that could be something to think about too. I'm actually really excited for that. Same. Um, so I've got a I've got a really silly question for you that mm-hmm. I feel like is is a very Indiana Jones specific question. Mm. As you know, as I'm sure you know, Indiana Jones, every movie opens with the Paramount logo fading into a landmark or in Temple of Doom, it's the um, the gong. Mm-hmm. Which one's your mm-hmm. favorite of all four films? Um, it it might it's last crusade yeah oh but oh but see, I love the, the crystal skull one what's the isn't it like it's a molehill yeah love that one yeah me too i love i love that opening sequence of 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 crystal skull man i love it um but i think last crusade i only because i you know it's so weird it came out in 89 and by then um 12 or 13 like i'm like river phoenix's age in the film there at that time um and i was so excited i felt like i was experiencing film history when i watched that film in the theaters and and so it's like i knew we had the the raiders one and we knew we had the gong and the club of one and i was like oh they got me oh it's oh it's a 1912 i was so excited so that that one's hard to step away from mine's the mole hell from kingdom of the crystal skull it's great it's great i just i it's just great. love because spielberg's humor is so he's so he's so funny just the okay, mm-hmm. we're gonna fade out and it's a mole hill and i'm like that's silly yeah. as hell yeah, you got the cars, you got the like the the rockabillies going by. I, lo- I love it. Yeah, I love it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly peruse. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I really think, I really think that's it. I mean, yeah, it's hard to just cap any any conversation, uh, and I've, I'm sure I'm ra- I've ranted too much, but I think Indy deserves the passion. Uh, I agree, and I I love I love your rants a lot, especially because I've never heard these Indiana Jones ones before. <laughs> yeah, the Force Center, the Star Wars ones, you know, I've got them memorized almost because I, I just want the same message uh, to get out. Uh, um, hope over fear, but yeah, Indy's been it's been a lot of fun diving into any Indy in this way. So, speaking of, I do have one. I do have kind of kind of a final thought kind of kind of section here of. Um, you know, you're diving into Indiana Jones, um, and I'm diving into, into Indiana Jones uh, because of Dial of Destiny. It is, it is, it is seemingly the end of the adventure. Um, how has that been? Like, just really, like, not just not just taking your fandom off the shelf, but like really diving into that fandom. It's it's been informative. It's been fun. It's it's been informative to myself. And 
I say this because again, I, I the, the, these you know not not everything I say has to be agreed with by you or anyone listening. I just want you all to just kind of have a thought about it and, and dig a little deeper into the art. But but it this stuff affects my life, right? You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm you know raised Christian and 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 I can still consider myself to be in the faith, but I I, I don't I have bigger thoughts and questions about the church with a capital C, and I, I look at. Uh, Last Crusade, a film I've watched, what, 40, 50 times? Who knows? Like you, countless, right? Mm -hmm. And I get to those three trials at the end and what it means and the penitent man shall pass and the leap of faith and all that stuff. And I see it as um, the gospel at its purest and moving away the the fine, the, the finery and the, you know, uh, all, all the um, the gold around it even this is the the cup of a carpenter not the cup of a king of of kings it's it's valuable stuff to me in my life is my uh relationship with the church has changed drastically but my faith has remained uh that's something that wasn't there in 1989 for me that 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 is now 2023 that i've engaged with that on a different level and i'm not saying all of it is 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 explicitly put into these films that's the joy of art right you take it apart and you and you apply it to to your life and you see what matters. And some of it is not necessarily for you. Some of it speaks directly to you and some of it will hit you later. Carl Weathers said about Star Wars in the Mandalorian uh, season one making of series, um, the things I needed to hear, I'm paraphrasing, but the things I needed to hear in my 20s from Star Wars, I didn't hear till later, but they're always there for you. And that's what's been going on with indie. I also experienced this with Clone Wars. We did the big Clone Wars deep dive on Force Center series again. I loved, but to, to spend time with it and to see what is it saying, what does every scene mean, turned me from, I used to make fun of Mieber Gascon, which is the little frog character who has the D-Squad arc where he and a bunch of droids, including R2, get lost. And I used to say that's my least favorite thing in Star Wars. It was George's favorite thing in Star Wars, but it was my least favorite thing. And spending time with those four uh, episodes, not only changed my view of that character in those episodes, it, it, it was insightful. Um, that's why I love doing this. And to, to to get to do this with Indy after all these years, the stuff we're talking about, Temple Doom, it's not something I've thought for years. To me, it's been the movie I watched the least. It's got one gag that I don't love, which is a jumping out of the plane, and it's dark, and I think um, I think I enjoy Crystal Skull better. So pff, on you, I'm not talking about Temple of Doom. Like, that was my attitude for like 10, 15 years, right? <laughs> That movie, watching it and spending time with it like this has been um, eye-opening, and I love it, and I love it. Like I said up top, they say in a successful relationship, you have to re-fall in love with your partner uh, every 10 years or so. I've fallen in love with Andy again in a way I didn't before. Well, hopefully it doesn't take another 10 years for this to happen. <laughs> no, I don't think it will. I mean, well, after Dial of Destiny, it's entirely likely that the two of us are going to put, put our Indiana Jones fandom back up on the shelf and... No, kind of, yeah. but I I hope not this time. Yeah, no, I don't think we will. Um, it's been really great re-exploring Indiana Jones and and Harrison Ford as Indiana uh, is so. I I think this is his defining role, honestly. Um, yeah, he's incredible in every movie, um, and he clearly loves the character and he gives it his all every time. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he he has the multitudes of like the um being the the nerdy professor and then the action adventure man you know it's uh did you ever see his jack ryan films yeah yeah yeah, absolutely yeah his nerdy absolutely. professor is very much like jack ryan right yeah, yeah. um which I, I so i like those jack ryan movies because i'm like oh well this is like if nerd professor indiana jones went on an adventure <laughs> well you know what's funny sorry we'll, we'll end accidentally go for another 45 minutes um 
which both of us can't do. But, you know, growing up, the professor side of Indiana Jones was like the, like almost an afterthought to me. Like, oh, that's right. I forgot he was a teacher. But Harrison and even Lawrence Kasdan, and, and there's, there's quotes out there from all the people behind it were like, no, he, Indy, Indy's a professor first. He's an academic first. He's always, this adventure stuff is what he has to do in pursuit of these uh, facts. And that's fascinating to look at it and and uh fascinating take on it so i love that part of indy yeah that's i think i didn't know that that's really awesome well anyway i think that's all i can all i can squeeze out of our indiana jones discussions um so why don't you plug your stuff uh once once more for the audience and then we'll get out of here yeah absolutely if you want to listen to some deeper star wars talk and also by the way some really silly star wars talk because uh silly and poignant is the point of all of this both exist in these franchises uh go to force center uh wherever you find podcasts so we're also on youtube now more youtube content coming uh and for an easy access to all the things i do especially if you're a music fan i'm a big music fan started as a 90s rock dj i have a, a radio show now called pop rock and radio it's all on my website at kennapsack.com Great. And that'll hopefully be linked below. Um, and uh, yeah, that'll be it. So um, I'll let my future self play us out. And once again, say, Ken, thank you so much. This is great. Thanks for having me. Thank you, past me. You know, I was watching Bumblebee last week and I noticed the radio tuning sound effect that uh, I use for my transitions was used in that movie when Bumblebee is switching through uh, radio stations. So that's weird anyway uh once again thank thank you to ken knapsack from the four center podcast uh among many other things um that you can find linked below in the description i hope you all enjoyed that as much as i did getting to talk about indiana jones like this has been the highlight of my year by the way we used an improved recording system for this episode i i wonder if you guys could have could tell um it'll be used more in season three but we figured it out after i'd recorded all my episodes for this season so you know that's interesting but it's my turn now conversation is part of the fickner podcast family of podcasts which just celebrated its seventh anniversary congratulations it's seven years of the fickner podcast uh, i am very excited i can't believe it it's wild uh you can i'll link below the celebration the um uh the the special anniversary that we recorded which includes my first ever dungeons and dragons campaign i've never played before um and that was a lot of fun i really had a good time i hope i can play it again but uh, if you want to celebrate with us feel free to, to check out the episode but in case you don't know fakener podcast is a general pop culture show uh you can join us live every sunday for that show or listen and watch it after uh, our last episode covering Transformers, Rise of the Beast, that's out now. Yeah, that was fun. That's a good movie. And uh, upcoming, we'll be talking about The Flash, uh, Mission Impossible 3 and 4 to get ready for Dead Reckoning, specifically to get Ben ready for De Dead Reckoning. And of course, of course, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. You're not going to want to miss that, especially if you enjoyed this episode. And once again, the cinephiles for our previous Indiana Jones episodes are going to be linked below. Some of the other shows you can find are Fake Nerds Watch, which is coming back soon with Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Uh, there's Basement Arcade, Basement Arcade Pause Menu, Animation Station, Fake Nerd Book Club. Uh, you can find them all on YouTube and various audio feeds, or our new show, The Real Score, 
Discord where you can look forward to Indiana Jones specific episodes where we dive into the Indiana Jones soundtracks composed by John Williams. Sorry, I don't mean to rush through that. This is the second time I recorded this, so I'm a little tired. But links to all these shows, they, they, they can be found, you know, if you go to our social medias. Um, uh, again, our website is down, but uh, news of that should be coming soon, so stay tuned. We also have a Patreon and a Tee Public store if anyone is interested in financially supporting us. Lastly, please give this show, Conversation, some love on social media at Conver underscore Station. I really love putting the show together, and I'm grateful so many people have reached out to me, tell me they like it. But please, leave a five-star review on your podcast podcatcher of choice, uh, if you could. That helps a lot. Um, also, if you'd like to be on the show or send me questions or letters or anything, that is conversationpod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. All right, that's enough from me. Thank you for the support, as always. The fun is not stopping, though, because I still have some excellent guests. Uh, to come that I can't wait for you all to hear so the next episode I'm very excited about this episode six will be with Rachel Strange from the Narrative Labyrinth podcast that one was so much fun you guys I love talking to them Um, stay tuned I was actually on the Narrative Labyrinth that episode isn't out yet but it might be when this comes out who knows Uh, here's a clip Well, I don't cosplay. I LARP. And I think there's a, well, that's the difference. Is it cosplay or LARP? I like LARP because it's, it's story. Yet again, it's storytelling. Um, And I think for me, cosplay is, is uh, trying to, um, well, I did, I did a whole episode on cosplay and identity that basically summed up as I don't cosplay, but other people love it. Um, So yeah, cosplay. hmm, Yeah. I would say LARP is different to cosplay. (laughs) All right, guys. Until next time, stay true to the fan in you.